0: there is a kingdom of God. There's only two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of God and there's the kingdom of this world. There are not many other there are no other kingdoms, just the kingdom of this world and the kingdom of God. And, and the kingdom of God is unseen. and so uh, the only way you can enter into the kingdom of God, and you're going to see this in scriptures is through Jesus Christ. It's the only way you get in it, and then when you get there, you're going to be able to see, the kingdom of God. And what's interesting in this is Matthew 6 33, it says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. He says, Seek it first. It's the thing that should be the most important thing that I'm pursuing. We said we I've said before the most the first discipline that you need to learn when you come to Christ is knowing the voice of God. You need to know the voice of God. The Bible says that the sheep know his voice and they follow him because they know his voice. The first lesson the first thing you need to know or learn or understand is the voice of god and there are a whole lot of people that have been running they they they've listened to the voice of the devil and the devil speaks to them and they feel condemned guilty or shameful because the devil's there to attack and to tear down to kill steal and destroy but when god's voice comes into your life he lifts you up right when the woman who's caught in adultery uh, was there he didn't condemn the woman he said get up and go and sin no more. He, he didn't attack her. He lifted her up. He redeemed her. And that when the Lord talks to you, He, he breathes life into you. And that's what the kingdom of God is, is this, uh, this environment of life. And I think the reason why so many Christians struggle with this idea of the kingdom of God, or even this verse that says, seek first the kingdom of God, is because it's so hard to understand at times. How many would say amen? It's hard to understand. And so it's hard to know what it is to seek the kingdom of God. And, and I can't talk about the kingdom of God today and get it all covered because we would be talking about it all day, right? And, and James said amen because he knew I was going to just do a little part of it, right? Uh, I'm doing it for your sake to just kind of br- to kind of bring it down. So so we're going to talk about the kingdom of God and and what it is and and so I want to make it clear. How many in here are Americans? Right? You're Americans. Okay? As an American, you don't even question that you understand what it means. You're an American, so it says one, there's a certain culture that you like. There's foods you like. It's the kingdom of America. Okay? And, 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 I'll, and I'm going to address this a little bit because that's not even true what I just said, but trying to give you an understanding. It's your culture. It's who you're following. It's the way you think. It's you're an American, but it's an American culture. It's an American atmosphere all around you, right? Well, the reality is you left your Americanness behind and you stepped into a kingdom, the kingdom of God. Now, here's the problem. All you know is democracy. That's all you know. You don't understand what a kingdom is. And because you don't understand what a kingdom is, when you read the Bible that was written in the mindset of a kingdom, you interpret it through the lens of a democracy. So when you hear the commands of God, there are options. It's just, well, I'll think about it. I'll decide if that's true or not. You know, the first command Jesus gives after you invite Jesus into your life is to be water baptized. And you're going to determine in that moment whether or not you're going to live this Christian walk as a democracy or in a kingdom. It's the first thing God says. When you get saved, when you come to Christ, you need to be water baptized. Well, you need to tell me why. See, that's the problem. And in democracy, you always want to know why. You need to tell me why, Do You need to tell me why. In a kingdom, the king said, do it, so you do it. Now, Now, let me mess your world up just a little bit more. Who orchestrated the governing format of the world? And he says... I created the governing systems of the world to be kingdoms, not democracies. Yet we'll go around the world proclaiming that democracy is God's way to rule in the earth, and that's not what the Word of God says. I bet you think right now he's, uh, that preacher is a heretic, and he needs to just stop right now. Hey, God, we're the home of the free gods. are No. See, see, the reality is that's not how God set up the democracy. That's not how God set up governing systems. And you know what, what your problem is? And it's a legitimate problem. is you've only, When you think of kingdoms, you think there is no way I'm listening to some king. I got my freedoms. I'm gonna, we just want to run around doing what I want, and I don't need anyone telling me what to do. Come on, now, how many are saying, that was me. You just read my mail right there. You just, just, come on, wave at me. You say, come on, wave at me right now. Some of you, right? There's a few few humble people in here saying, yeah, that's. don't you tell me. And you know why you have a problem with that? We always think of kings as being evil. We always think of kings as being selfish, and they're just going to use and abuse us For their glory and their purposes and their wars and everything they want to do. And yet God said, I set up the system for there to be kings because the king is to take responsibility to provide for his people. And God's a good God. See, it wasn't your responsibility to provide... The king says, I will take responsibility to provide for you. Just obey what I'm telling you to do. A word we don't like anymore. Trust and think about it. Trust and think about it. Right? How many know the real song? Trust and... Did that feel like poop coming out of your mouth? Isn't it amazing how we don't like the word obey? Follow the king, be obedient. But in a kingdom, that's what God calls us to, and he says, Seek first the kingdom. The kingdom is so vast, and this is what we do. Like, I don't understand how a photocopier works, as long as it works. Soon as it stops working, I call somebody who understands how the photocopier works, and they come and fix it, Right? How many things in your life do you have like that? You don't know how it works, you're just glad it works. As long as it's working for you, you're fine. The moment it doesn't work, if you're younger, you just throw it out and get something new. If you're older, you get it repaired. Right? That's just like in the kingdom. I don't know how the kingdom works. I don't even pursue the kingdom. I don't try to understand the kingdom. I'm not even going to attempt to understand the kingdom. But when it stops working, I'm going to go to the pastor, tell him to fix it, so I can get back to operating the kingdom. And God's like, I want you to pursue the kingdom. I want you to begin to understand the kingdom of God. We're the people in this city that are to reveal the kingdom of God to the rest of earth. You can't just say, I just want to come to church, and and I'm just going to walk through life, and as long as the kingdom works for me, I'm good. No, you have to pursue it. God wants you to be on this pursuit to discover for where your treasure is, there your heart is. And that's what Peter and, and his brother Andrew, they're like, he's the Messiah, and they started this pursuit thinking of a kingdom of a nation, and it became a kingdom of heaven, God wants us to get there. You read this because the reality is Matthew 6.33 is, is finishes this statement where a lot of people are at. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spend yet. I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, oh, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, "What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear?" For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. What He's saying is, you we're we're running after Maslow's hierarchy of needs. The pagans are constantly looking to try to be the provider in their life. They're, I got to be the one that provides happiness, so I need to make decisions. I got to put me first. Pagans say, I put me first, because they don't think anyone else is putting them first. But believers in Jesus Christ know that God, on a daily basis, puts them first. We walk around as firstborn children of the King of Kings, right? Walking with Christ, knowing that I don't need to worry about that because he's worried about my life. He, and he's not worried about it. He's taking care of my life. That's what it is. Our pursuit to understand the kingdom of God, there's this sense, well, I don't know how to do it, so I'm not going to do it. I don't know how to pray, so don't ask me to pray. Well, then you'll never know how to pray. Well, I don't know how to tithe. Well, then you'll never know how to. I, I don't know how to speak or I don't know how to share. Then you'll never know how to do it. I mean, you didn't wake up. I don't know how to eat steak, but you figured it out. <laughs> right? I don't know how to eat an ice cream, but you figured it out. You didn't know how to do a lot of things, but that didn't prevent you from doing it. You understood that there's a process of learning, and you say, well, I don't want to. That's the enemy who's telling you, you can't pray, so you shouldn't pray. You can't talk about the word, so you shouldn't talk about the word, because he doesn't ever want you to get to a place where it becomes a place of comfort and ability to you. Oh, Pastor, I'm not going there because you might ask me to pray. Good for you, you should. Right? Well, I don't want to step out because I'm too proud, arrogant. I mean, Christ just laid his life down for you. Don't listen to the devil who's trying to keep you in the place of bondage. You got to step out of that place. You know, I had never done a funeral. You should have heard the first funeral I did. Good thing the person's dead. (laughs) He might have raised from the dead just to say, give me someone else. I want a better funeral. You know, Peter and the disciples, Jesus comes to earth, and Peter and Andrew thought Jesus, when he came, was the Messiah. And they said, he's going to be the king that causes Israel to kick out the Roman Empire, and he's going to establish his kingdom on earth. And they wanted to be on, at his throne. They wanted to be the people in the court that everybody looked to because Jesus was the Messiah. And Jesus spent his entire ministry telling them that the kingdom of God is like Because you've never been there, but I'm going to reveal to you what the kingdom of God is. And then whether through miracle or word, he revealed the kingdom of God to them. How many would believe that there was a possibility of deaf people hearing, blind people seeing, lame people walking if Jesus hadn't done it first? I just heard this statement in the radio coming down here. Mandela said that impossible things seem impossible until somebody does it. Jesus said you would have thought it was impossible for a blind man to see, so I went and did it, so now you believe it's possible. It's something that Christ did for us in John 21. And this is the reality. Look, look at what happens Peter they they were confronted with this idea of the kingdom of God, and it 's only in the kingdom of God when you recognize that the kingdom of God is there. there are things you look at like, pastor, like i don't have the money, so nothing can really work out in my life you know or or we only have five loaves and two fish there's no way we can feed fifteen thousand people you know i've been i've been lame my whole life there, there, there is no way to walk to walk you know i've been blind my whole life there's no way I can see i 'm just a I'm I, I, you know, all I've done is been a prostitute. There's no way that life can change for me. It's impossible. That's how so many of us think. And in the culture of the world, that's your lot in life. That's the place where you're at. But, but there was someone, when Jesus stepped in, he said, the kingdom of God is here. It's here. You don't have to die to go into the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God it doesn't, well, when I get to heaven, and we'll be living in the kingdom, Jesus said, I'm releasing the kingdom of heaven on earth as it will be in heaven so you can experience it here because the reality is your death occurred when you gave your life to Christ. You were buried in the water, and when you came up, you entered the kingdom of God, and you say, well, what happens at the funeral thing when they're all there? Let, see, here's the reality. When you get to the place where everybody thinks you're dying, you're already dead, right? Jesus meets you right there before the death angel get, gets there, and he says, come with me. You belong." To me and the death angels turned away empty-handed that's the reality do you know how many people I know when they died on their deathbed and I've been there have reached up and said Jesus you're there you're real and they've reached up and they go they die they leave their body because it is real the kingdom of God is real and it is all Jesus talked about his entire life. Look at this. John 21, 3-6 says, I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out, got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it, it was Jesus and he called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? They're like, no, we fished all night. Then he answered him, throw your net on the right side of the boat. You know what I've been thinking? That guy is obviously not a fisherman. (laughs) Because I already did that. I already fished out the left side of the boat, the right side of the boat, the front side of the boat, and the back side. How many fishermen in the house, right? If you're fishing, you fish all around the boat (laughs) until you start catching fish. And then you just Quit after a while if you're not catching any, right? And they're coming in because they didn't catch any. And this, this man standing on the side, which it says they didn't know it was Jesus. So why they listened, I don't know. <laughs> but they, they heard him say, fish off the right side of the boat. And they turn around and they go by. I'm sure they're sitting there. Well, this guy thinks he's on the right side of the boat. I don't even know why we're going. We already tried the right side of the boat. There's nothing there. See, here's the difference. When you realize the kingdom of God operates the same right side of the boat that they fished off of. Brought in so many fish, it began to sink the boat. Because in the kingdom of God, when you hear the voice of God, and the voice of God tells you to do something, and you're obedient to the voice, you will be blessed not just enough, not almost enough, you will be abundantly blessed, more than anything you could ask or even imagine. That is the truth. It says it in Ephesians, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power, that's at work, not in him, in us. In you and me. See, they, they went fishing in their own power and ability. When he told them to go back and fish off the right side of the boat, they were fishing in the understanding of the kingdom of God according to his word. When you're obedient to the king and you obey the word, you will walk in abundance. You know, when they needed fish, they, I mean, think about it. You couldn't walk in water until he did. Couldn't do all those miracles until he did. They needed money. They walked up to a fish, opened its mouth, and took two gold coins out of it. I've been checking ever since, just wondering if if I'm going to catch one of those fish. Is there, no. When you live in the kingdom and you seek the kingdom of God, everything is provided by the king. Everything you need is provided by the king. You no longer worry about it. Even when the circumstances don't look good, you look toward the miracle in those moments of how God's going to provide because you don't have to have even a little for God to do abundantly more. It's a different way of thinking. Repent. Well, I'll get to it. Here's governing influences of a king. Here's the definition of a kingdom. kingdom. Governing influences of a king over his territory, impacting it with his will, purpose, and intent. Producing a citizenry of people who express his culture and reveal or reflect his nature. Take your phone and snap that because you're going to have to chew on that a little bit. If you're taking notes, write it down. If not, you just take a picture of that and you just... because. This is a kingdom of God. It's not a democracy, it's not a religion, it's not a republic. A re- religion, a religion produces a system or list of rules that people try to follow. A kingdom produces a culture, a lifestyle that is natural. A culture where we love our enemies, a culture where we are generous, a culture where we use our resources to help people, a culture where there is peace when all hell is breaking loose around us. That's the culture of the kingdom of God. You know, somebody asked me, well, pastor, I repented when I got saved, and you should have been repenting ever since. Repentance isn't saying, I'm sorry. Repentance is changing the way you think every day because you got a revelation from the king. And that king said, oh, that's what the kingdom is. Jesus, through, throughout his time, preached this gospel. Matthew four seventeen says this. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Change the way you think. Mark 1:15, The time has come, he said, The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. He's saying the tree of life returned. Jesus is the tree of life. Jesus is the tree of life. How do I have eternal life? I eat from the tree of life, Jesus. What is his fruit? His word it sustains you forever. When you eat the word, you listen to the word of Jesus and you eat of that word, it transforms who you are. It changes your lifestyle and culture all by himself. You don't change because you tried harder. You change because of the diets you're eating. His word transforms you. So, why do I need to hear the voice of God? Because I need his word. And his word causes me to think differently, and I begin to see the kingdom of God differently. And all around me, I begin to see it. I'll show it to you in a moment. Here's the gospel. Here's, here's the gospel. Here's what it means it's good news. Jesus never preached the gospel that so many people preach today. He didn't preach Paul's gospel, he didn't preach the cross. I think we should preach the cross but it was Paul's gospel. Jesus's gospel was the kingdom of God. That's what he preached. Whenever he preached, he was preaching, there is a place. You don't know that place. You're not from that place. I'm from that place. You will be from that place, but let me tell you what that place is so that you can experience it on earth. So whenever he told the parable, he told the parable like this, the kingdom of God is like, what he wasn't saying is, you're living in the kingdom of the world, now try to act like the kingdom of God. He said, pack your bags and move to the kingdom of God. That's what Romans 6 was talking about, it says, at water baptism, you were buried to the kingdom of the world, and when you was the, the, were a country sovereign with sin, where sin was sovereign, when you came up out of the water, you entered a new nation where grace was sovereign. You've, you've moved, you're not, if you've invited Christ to come in your life, you left that place and you become a resident of the kingdom of God. And it's a different culture, a different way of thinking. We don't think as the world thinks, we think as believers think. Acts 1 3, because Peter and the disciples were all, I mean, Jesus had preached this for three and a half years. Then he dies. He's resurrected. Now there's the message of the cross, right? You would think he's going to start preaching the cross, but he doesn't do that for the days that he's living on the earth. The rest of his days, the, the disciples say, Okay, Jesus, now you're back. Yes, yes, you're going to be king of, of Israel and you're going to defeat the Romans. And Jesus' is like, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. in Hebrew which is in Hebrew. I have no idea. He's like, I've been talking to you for three and a half years about this kingdom of God, and you still think it's an earthly kingdom. There's another place. Look at what he says. After this suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about what? Not the cross? the kingdom of God. Now I'm not suggesting we shouldn't talk about the cross. Paul did. He said that it's a powerful door. But the reality is, once you experience the cross, it is the door. If you're an unbeliever, you need the revelation of the cross. So that you can receive the revelation of the kingdom of God. It's the door of walking in a whole new world. We need to first go through the gospel of the cross in order to get into the gospel of the kingdom of God. But what many believers have done, maybe some in this room, is you came to Christ through the cross and you thought that's it. You're not living in the kingdom of God. You're living below the kingdom of God. You're living like a slave, like a beggar. Not as a son, not as a daughter, not as a child of God. It's a culture. You cannot actually see it, but it's something that will influence. It's our lifestyle. It's our way of thinking. It's our sense of home. It's, our, it's even our sense of identity. I am the kingdom of God. I walk as the kingdom of God. Like If the kingdom of God is going to be revealed on earth, it's going to be revealed through you and me. Now, it's an invisible kingdom, and and it's at this that all the critics start to speak up. Oh, sure, it's invisible. Can't see it, but, oh, like, we got to just trust that it's what it is. He's a good king, but we can't see him. There's life after death, but we got to take some guy's word from 2,000 years ago. Oh, we're supposed to listen to all the truths in the, or commands in the Bible because a bunch of guys wrote them down and pay. Oh, that's what you, oh, sure. How convenient. It's invisible, not me. I gotta see it to believe it. How many know what I'm talking about? And if you believe that, you're not raising your hand because you don't to let everyone else know in here. Yeah, that's exactly what I think. Well, if, if that's what you think, how many know what this is? Okay, I need a volunteer to come and grasp this thing right here. What? No volunteers willing to come up and grab that thing right there? You got to hold it for a minute. Oh, that's okay. I don't need you to do it. (laughs) Here here, here it is. You all know what this is, right? Do you know what happens in this spot right here? Yeah, I know because my wife has a mark on the side of her face from where she... I mean, my wife never did that. You can't see what's in it. So how do you know it's there? You can feel it. <laughs> That's hot. <laughs> That's hot. You can, you can feel it. So I know it's real because I, can, I can't see it, but I can feel it. Why aren't you questioning that? I can't maybe see the kingdom of God, but I can certainly feel it in my life. Now watch this. Yeah, you know, there's this thing called wind. I don't know anyone who's ever seen wind. How do you know wind is there? You can't see it, can you? Anyone see the wind in the room? But you can see the effect of it on things. I can see the effect of it on my marriage. I can see the effect of it on my job. I can see the effect of it on my finances. I can see the effect of the kingdom of God on my life. That's why I know the kingdom of God exists in my life. Because it affects See, the the interesting thing, you want to know if you're operating in the kingdom of God, you will see the effects of the kingdom of God working in your life. It's visible. 2 Corinthians 4.3 says, even if the gospel is veiled, is veiled to those who are perishing. 4.11 says, Mark 4.11 says, he told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those who are outside, everything is said in parables. Here's the reality. Please hear me. Unless you walk through the door of the cross, you will never see the, the never see the kingdom of God. Those who are perishing are those who have not yet walked through the cross. So you need to hear the good news of the cross, what Jesus did, and accept the cross, the message of the cross. But when you do, you then walk in the kingdom of God, and your pursuit moves from pursuing the cross to pursuing the kingdom and understanding that we are all kingdom builders building in the kingdom and we all possess a responsibility which is not going to church on sunday you ain't building anything in this room unless you were serving people you didn't build the thing you just came to be served builders are those who say you know what We need people in the second service. I'm going to start attending. Why? Because I'm going to build the kingdom. I can watch pastor on a video. That's not my issue. I got my devotional time is where I get fed anyway, but I'm going to come here with the word is, but I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do that because we're building the kingdom because Farmington needs Jesus. It's not this selfish mindset of what's best for me and it's what I like. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do what's best for the kingdom because my heart is the kingdom of God. It's it's like this. <laughs> Would you rather die on a cross or go to second service? <laughs> that was pretty extreme, Pastor. That really was. That really was pretty extreme. Like, what? <laughs> I mean, but 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 it's the mentality of Jesus is pick up your cross daily and follow my example. Now this this is something you gotta see. John chapter John chapter three. Now, there were a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling Council, and he came to Jesus that night and said, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who has come from God, for no one can perform the signs you're doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom in God unless he's what? That's the baptism of salvation, right? How, how can someone be born that, that are old? Nicodemus asks, "Surely they can't enter a second time in their mother's womb." And Jesus doesn't even answer his question. I love that about Jesus—like that—that is such a foolish question. I'm not even going to answer it. Here's the next thing: "Verily, truly, I tell you, no one can what. Enter the kingdom of God unless he's born of the water and spirit." So you're saying they're not saved unless they're no. What I'm saying is, when you get saved, the kingdom of God becomes visual. When you get baptized in water, and baptized in the spirit it becomes something you experience. You walk in it. Why the spirit? And people have a hard time with this thing called tongues. Who do you think, it's extremely biblical, it's all over Acts, it's, it's, it's even in the Gospels. Who do you think is making it scary? The devil. He does not want you using your spiritual mouth to speak in a kingdom language so that you're tied only to your physical language. And I know this is scary for some, but I didn't call, I'm not called to be your nursery worker. I'm called to be the pastor that's preaching a word that God wants to pull you up. Just like don't be afraid to prayer. You gotta pray. You got to pray. You got to walk on. in the kingdom of God. There's a language in the kingdom just for you. In which you can talk to the Lord with You can be a part. Here's our kingdom citizenship. I want to be very quick on this because I don't have any time. You're, you're a child of God. You're a child of God, children of the king. And it says, he said to him, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as he. Truly, I tell you, anyone who does not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. What? That means you don't need to have a PhD to enter the kingdom of God. It's not complicated, it's not hard. A little child, it says. So you gotta put aside your adult thinking right now and all of that stuff and just approach it and say, God, I can't even think like a little child. Help me to think like a child so I can receive it. It's that simple. And, and what's happening, like just in Genesis, Esau did not value his birthright and he sold it for a bowl of soup. Adam did not value the presence of God, and he sold it for a piece of fruit. And we do not understand or value the kingdom of God, and we're selling it out for something of no value. Passing pleasures, passing pursuits that have no eternal effect. God's calling you back to pursue the kingdom of God. Because when you begin to pursue it, your whole life becomes about it. Your treasure, wherever you put your treasure, your time, your energy, your abilities, your money, your heart follows it. And when you get into the kingdom of God and you pursue the kingdom of God, seek first. And everything else falls in order. Everything else falls in order. Here's the last thing is kingdom power. There is power. And I want to spend a lot of time on this. But I have about uh, negative one minute. The kingdom of power, look at Mark 9, 1 says, and he said to him, truly I tell you, some of you are standing here and will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God has come with power. 1 Corinthians 4, 20 says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. What is it? Matthew ten seven 8 says, as you go proclaim the message, the kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse them who have leprosy, drive out demons, freely you have received, freely give. It's, call, it's calling us to reach up into heaven, reach in the kingdom of God and release it on earth. What did Jesus do? He preached the kingdom of God on earth and then he demonstrated the kingdom of God and power in people's lives. What has he called us to do? Greater things than these I've been called to do. What is it? To preach the kingdom of God on earth and then demonstrate it in lives. Can I make a bold statement? Can I make a bold statement that like all I need is two? (laughs) There are a lot of believers sitting in churches today thinking they're going to heaven, but they're not. They've been serving religion and not a king. It's about a list of rules because they behave good They think they're good. It's a lifestyle. It's an identity. These signs will follow those who believe. You do what you believe. You don't do what you know. You know God. Well, God saved. He died on the cross. Praise God, I'm going to heaven. You won't go to heaven because you know he died on the cross. You only go to heaven when you believe he died on the cross for you. You believe it in your heart. Confess with your mouth then you're saved, not with you know, you believe. There is a difference. You know you should tithe, but you don't do it until you actually believe it. I know I should pray for the sick, but I don't actually do it until I believe it. I know I should be pray with my wife or my husband, but you don't actually do it until you believe it. Are you all getting it, or do I need to keep going? Will you stand? Like little children, like little children, like little children, what a humble place to be like little children. Will you close your eyes? I'm going to ask you to do one thing, and then Pastor Zach's going to take you to the next. Will you just say this with me together? Lord, cause me to think as a child.